Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup Daily Podcast brought to you in association with Betbrite. The World Cup semi-finals are here, France against Belgium is tonight and then the big one tomorrow as England take on Croatia. I'm Aaron Flanagan to look forward to the two semi-finals. Uh, joining me today, first of all, Jack Rathborn's back again. Jack, how are you doing? Very well, Aaron. Thank you for having me again. Good stuff. And Matty Lawless is back. How are you doing, Matty? I'm good. It's good that you brought back the big guns for the big occasion. <laughs> no, I say, it's uh, you get, get you getting excited? I am, very much so, yeah. And this was in your contract. You had to invite me back on the show <laughs> as we get to the, the heady heights of the competition. It's great, look, to, to still be in this competition as an England fan. You know, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. There'll be some listeners who have never experienced this before. Um, I just about remember 1990, and it's just what what's really pleased me this time is the nation is so euphoric, and it's just been an absolute joy to see everybody, even people who are not football fans, just really enjoy this tournament. Yeah, I've seen a few funny tweets about of uh, of, of a few lads um, say by saying. All, all, all your girlfriends getting into the football and all the, these are the ones who are telling you that um, you know, you're giving too much attention to the football during the football <laughs> season and you know people you know, all, all emotional like that but yeah, no, yeah. no, it, it, it's really great to see absolutely everyone together I actually FaceTimed my mum the other day and she was telling me about the football rather than me telling her yeah. which, uh, which was something else so no, really really good to see um, we'll just look ahead now quickly to the France-Belgian game seeing as that is tonight's game well that's it yeah I mean, I mean th- th- this game could be a final couldn't it and as much as we're all getting carried away with England, this game is is absolutely brilliant. And and he, if England wasn't in the competition at this stage, we'd all be getting super excited about this because France and Belgium is is an absolute tussle of two heavyweights. Yeah, as I say, it's basically a match for me of attacking forces. I think yeah. Belgium has you know obviously decent names at the back as they have to France, but. It's the two front lines, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you're looking at Hazard, Lukaku, De Bruyne on one side, and Mbappe and Griezmann and Dembele and all these other options that France have got on the other. I mean, it's it's actually quite an exciting uh, match from from attacking perspective. Yeah, definitely. It's um, probably the two most talented sides left in the tournament. Real depth on the bench. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to see how both sides set up because while they both have e- equal attacking talent, both managers have very different philosophies and Roberto Martinez obviously not afraid to go for the jugular. He's uh, proven that against Brazil. They really um, snatched their opportunity in the first half in that game and eventually held on. But Didier Deschamps a little bit more conservative. Just wonder whether that approach might be his undoing or can they sort of drag their way to the title because they really aren't. Um, maximising the, the talent at their disposal I think that's fair to say they're not the most exciting unit compared to the way Belgium have really gelled as the tournament's developed so um, yeah really excited for this one um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what France can do 
when they're properly geared up for a game because mm-hmm. it almost seems like they're not putting in 100% effort in the games. They're just kind of coasted through and their ability has got them there as opposed to spirit, like you say, and, and togetherness. If they're to go into this game in a World Cup semi-final, as you'd expect, like properly up for it as as kind of motivated as you can be, Belgium should be pretty scared, really, shouldn't they? Because, I mean, yeah, they're to phenomenal. Say, it's one of those that, to, to a man on each team sheet, you struggle to find a weakness. I mean, what, what mm-hmm. is the weakness? I mean, do, do you say it's the goalkeeper for France? Of course not. I mean, it's Hugo Lloris. He's the captain of Tottenham. One of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Likewise with Courtois. Then you go across the back line, and you, again, you, so much strength and depth across both sides. Midfield, spoil for choice. Up front, you know, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. Mm-hmm. And... Well, one thing I'm interested to see is, is how well Eden Hazard plays because give him some credit here. He did say once Messi and Ronaldo went out, I'm going to be the guy who takes this tournament by the horns mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the guy you're going to be talking about. For me, against Brazil, he absolutely overshadowed Neymar and he looked to me as the best player in the world at this moment in time. He was incredible and Jack... So I hope you don't mind, but to out you as, an, as a Chelsea supporter, yeah. surely you must be a bit nervous that there'll be big, big, big clubs, and this is not saying Chelsea are not a big club, because they absolutely are, yeah. but could Eden Hazard effectively become a Galactico after the World Cup? I think he can. He's, well, arguably already is, because he, he just has everything in his locker. Um, he, he just needs to be a bit more ruthless in that final third, but... In a team that's got Kevin De Bruyne, Romelu Lukaku, maybe he doesn't need to be the the decisive man in the final third because Lukaku and De Bruyne have shown they can be clinical. I think Hazard has got two years left on his contract. I think Chelsea fans will be, well, terrified really at the yeah. way he's producing. Um, obviously, Antoine Griezmann committing his future to Atletico. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo might be off and if Griezmann's not uh, not going and Neymar's staying in Paris, then the next one down is is Eden Hazard. And I think he'd be very worthy of the, the white shirt of uh, Real Madrid. And um, it's up to Chelsea really to convince him to stay. And uh, at the moment, it's not looking great there. If he can just sort of carry on his form, he can certainly inspire Belgium to become world champions. And my word, like that's incredible really. There's no, there's, there's no dispute then that he is a world-class talent if he can produce tonight and potentially in the final. Absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's not just uh, Hazard to say with, <laughs> with, with, with Belgium as well. I've got to say, in the game against Brazil, I was so impressed with Lukaku. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I've, I've, I've never been his biggest fan. I've always been a bit of a critic of Lukaku, but his work rate, the way he kind of came off, obviously more off the wing, I think that was obviously a bit of a tactical ploy from mm-hmm. Roberto Martinez. It worked out really well. But he was willing to come deep. Technically, he looks a real complete footballer. Like, just even he's like, upped his game to a new level. Kevin De Bruyne in that game against Brazil, he'd been okay in the tournament so far, but he was the Kevin De Bruyne that we really know. And to see these players hitting that level against a good team, you've got to think that they probably do the same thing against France again. They just know they have to play at that level. Yeah, and uh, and you wouldn't put it past them. I, f- I think one thing that needs to be added as well is about the managers. Now, the mood in France. Uh, you you were out in Lyon for the Europa League final, as as was I, and. Um, the natives were not particularly behind Deschamps and yet he's gone to the, a semi-finals another major tournament on the back of getting them to the finals at their own tournament at the Euros two years ago so he deserves a bit of credit so even if France haven't quite hit top gear just yet as people say um, but then you look at Roberto Martinez now he was a guy who was laughed out of Everton he's a man who's won the FA Cup 
and relegated in the same season at Wigan, his stock is quite high. And he was tattered with the Spain job, of course, Lewis Enrique's got that now. But there's a man who's helping him, who, this is the interesting subplot here, is that um, Thierry Henry. Now, where do his loyalties lie today? Of course, he's a professional. It'll be with Belgium, but surely at the back of his mind, you know, the France 98 World Cup winner will be thinking, God, I won't be too disappointed if France do get to the final, you know? So it's it's fascinating, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. And I think that Henri has been a huge, um, huge influence on that Belgium team. When you listen to the players speak, they're in awe of him, you know. They, they they marvel how great he was of a player, and it's interesting that you've got quite a close connect with somebody who played at the top top level, but not that long ago. So he still kind of relates to the pressures that the players are going through, and I think that's a big big advantage for Belgium going into this mm-hmm. tournament. And they've got the back room set up absolutely perfect for me. And and Martinez, there's been moments where he's had to deliver tactically. And he's done that. I mean, they changed the system up after the Japan game. They had two or three days to work on that. And they absolutely mastered Brazil. In the Japan game, they were 2-0 down, uh, down, staring at defeat, crashing out early. The golden generation fouls again. He brings on Nasser Chadley, an absolute masterstroke. Fellaini, so, yeah. And Fellaini. So, and they changed the game and they win. So I think as much as we, we marvel at the fantastic players on display we ought to give credit to, to both managers and their backroom stuff. Yeah, um, it's interesting what you say about Belgium, obviously, with Henri coming here. I got it very wrong with Belgium, because when I saw the appointed Martes and then Thierry Henri came in, I mean, I'm going back, what was it, a year and a half ago that they were appointed, or a year ago, when, whenever it was. I remember looking at it and just going, this is a real weird mishmash of people, a mishmash of a team. It's kind of, it felt to me like a, a nation with no direction. Um, I had huge doubts over Martinez, obviously, because his Premier League record had, had kind of faltered a little bit from you know he, 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 well his stock had fallen from what it was but he's a good cup manager mm-hmm. exactly. he's proven <laughs> exactly he, he's won the FA Cup he knows how to win knockout round games yeah. and that's what he's done and that's exactly what he's got to do now and it's what he's, he already has done um, just quickly the odds on the game um, with Betbright um, in 90 minutes uh, France are 64 6-2-4 uh, Belgium 2-1 uh, draw 11-5 to uh, to qualify for the next round I'll qualify for the next one, the final. Don't forget, both teams have got two games guaranteed. Yeah, all right, because <laughs> someone's got to have that unfortunate task of playing in St. Petersburg on Saturday in the third place playoff. Why do they still have that game? I mean, you've got to scrap that. Um, I mean, do, do you he, not think that? I mean, if you're out of the competition, you're out of competition. No one wants to be playing in a third, fourth playoff, do they? Just yeah. give third place to the side it? that scored the most goals or something. Don't, yeah, just yeah. don't even do it. Just mm-hmm. say, look, it's yeah. first and second. Yeah, like it's crazy. You don't say you were knocked out in the quarterfinal, so you finished sixth. No, it doesn't happen like that. You you left yeah. at that point, so that is the one thing I think going forward. FIFA needs to have a look at that. Yeah, no, I've got to say, if, if England obviously were, were not to get past Croatia and were to play in that third place oh, playoff, awful. I'm not like a funeral. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will not be going and watching the game. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be it's going out at three o'clock, so you probably would watch it somewhere. Well, well, absolutely not. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be trying to, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be going trying to find a game at Boreham Wood or yeah, 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 <laughs> or something, something, I'll something join you like then. that. Um, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, look, those odds are fascinating as well, mate. I think they're very tight. Um, if I had to put my money where my mouth is, I'd take the two to one on Belgium. I think that's yeah. the value, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, the one thing I'm I'm a bit fearful of of Belgium is, and maybe your your views on Martinez make the the panic or the concern a little less than it should be. Thomas Mounier not going to be available. 
how is he going to rejig this? Is he he's going to bring Vertonghen Good right point. out over to the left left Good wing point. back? Maybe Chadley switch to the right and then bring Vermaelen maybe in. I think that's the logical approach. But either way, it it's not a huge strength. I don't think the 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 wing backs. So I think Belgium really need to focus on what they do well, and that's really sort of go for it when they've got the opportunity. Send Hazard, De Bruyne, Lukaku, and just go with what you do well. I think that's what's gotten this far and I don't think they're going to be winning this game by nullifying Mbappé or focusing too much on Mbappé and Griezmann. Yeah. If there's any semi-final that goes the distance, it's this one for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I say it's um, I say intriguing game for me, but I mean, I can't get myself too excited for it. Like you, you alluded to right at the very start of the podcast, I can't get particularly excited for it. Oh, I am. Simply because... <laughs> There's a much bigger semi-final to yeah. get excited about, and um, this is like this is like Christmas Eve to Christmas yeah. Day, isn't it? Yeah, no, I say which I love Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, um, sorry everyone. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's there's an absolute stunning semi-final, obviously on on tonight when obviously France and play Bel- play Belgium, but I'm gonna be watching it just thinking. I just want it to be 24 hours later. I just want it to be England's yeah. semi-final, and um, we said on the podcast yesterday. Jack about how um, we'd never um, really properly experienced England in in a semi final. Obviously, you yeah. very just about remember ninety six yeah. at the Euros a little bit, yeah. Um, but like it, this is a completely new experience, and it it, it I feel like today um, it's sinking in. It's actually sinking in England in a World Cup semi final, and whereas it, it didn't for a couple of days. And I, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm really really excited uh, Matty um, you, you weren't on the podcast yesterday um, I, just how, how excited are you? Has, has it properly gripped you now it has and I think it's sunk in for me on Saturday evening quite late on actually when Croatia were confirmed as their opponents and it was like wow I mean it's just unbelievable and I think everything's been brilliant about this tournament not only as a spectacle but from an England perspective the way they've handled it the FA have been brilliant from the outset the players have been fantastic from the outset and there's a whole new attitude about this England team. It's so refreshing and it's interesting that when you speak to people about England now, um, it's rekindled their love for England. A lot of people fell out of love with England and, and rightly so on the back of two poor tournaments, um, maybe even more than that. But you know, this this time around, there seems to be a kind of a real connect with the fans and the players and I think a lot of people admire the fact that a lot of these players didn't just come from the big club academies and just, you know, they were given this sort of entitlement that they should just play for England. They've worked their way up. They've played in League Two. They've played in League One, a lot of these players. They've been on loans here, there and everywhere. Harry Kane, had, you know, he, he was on loan at, at countless clubs and he had to fight for his right to, to play on the squad. <laughs> Harry Maguire was out there watching the, the last tournament with his mates. And you know, and and everything that's, that's gone on around the tournament, the social media has been great. The the way the players have been so accessible. Look, I can't tell you how much I'm excited about it, and I just I'm so confident that England are going to win. I, I honestly think we will beat Croatia three 0 Nothing worries me going into this game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in a very similar mindset. I I, I see England winning this game, yeah. um, and that was because they did such a professional job on Saturday against Sweden, who were a tough yeah. team. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I say just a, a little stat. Um, I'll need to dig it out from the internet again. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but Got a laptop in front. There of was. Um, I don't want to touch. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't want to adjust any of the settings that are currently going <laughs> on it because we, we're sounding quite good at the moment. Um, but um, yeah, I think there was, someone shared a list of all the non-league teams. 
that have been represented in this current England squad, and there's about 18 of them. That's brilliant. There's 18 mm. different non-league clubs have been represented by a potential World Cup winning squad. Yeah. Um, and there's a real kind of North and South connect with this side, whereas mm-hmm. previously you might have said, I think a lot of people in the North were like fed up with England because they're like, well, we don't play any games up there. And I think actually what the FA should do on the back of this World Cup, whatever happens, is take England back on the road again, which I think is part of the plan. But the the, the nation's with us now, you know, yeah. so we need to keep the momentum going. You say uh, already one game scheduled for at Leicester. Brilliant. Um, and I, I, I didn't think, know that. I think there's one at um, there's one at Wembley um, as 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 yeah, always. Well, they, they need a home um, of sorts. Yeah, they? there's a there's a game against Switzerland, which I think I think it's Switzerland anyway. That is going to be at Leicester, mm. which is good. I say another kind of a, a solid venue for for an England game. Anyway, um, Matty. Yes. On yesterday's podcast, all right. We um, we we did something a little bit different. <laughs> um, we realised that Gareth Southgate was not the most popular choice um, yeah. for England manager at the start of it. So we went for a few old tweets right. of uh, of our own, um, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> um, yeah, um, we've decided to see what you tweeted about Gareth Southgate. Okay, in the past, this um, is this could be interesting. Yeah, um, you're actually really lucky. Just like Jake Polden was on here yesterday, yeah, um, he'd never tweeted the word Southgate. Um, historically, until this World Cup, you'd only tweeted the word Southgate once. Okay, um, and it was at the end of uh, Slovenia and England finishing goalless. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you tweeted the words, Southgate out. Oh, yeah, that was a joke, obviously. I know, I know. It was. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, wasn't that one of his very early games, wasn't it? I think he was, I think it might I think he was like a caretaker or something like that at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. God, I mean, it's been such a blur, this whole tournament. But I, look, I, I was quite positive about Southgate coming in. I was disappointed by the circumstances of Allardyce's departure. But I think if you'd have asked me then what I thought about Southgate, it wouldn't deviate too much what I think about the man now I think he's he's a man who wears his heart on his sleeve he's a man who's got that England DNA which the FA are very proud of and he's a man with with um, the best intentions of developing young footballers and, and for me as somebody who's very passionate about grassroots football I've done my FA badges and you know my son's playing football I, I like to see that it, it seems to me that there's people there not just coming for the money but looking long term and I think Southgate's proven that over the years he's he's done that he's played for England he's managed England youth teams and he's got somebody he's got that character about him that he just genuinely cares so whatever happens for me I I think I said this to you on Saturday night I can see him being England bus for at least another 10 years yeah I think that con- contrast to like Lopetegui at Spain there was always a feeling that maybe he wanted a, a big stone. job in Spain. Yeah, and he's got it. Um, he failed at Porto, came back, took the, the under-21s, got promoted, and it, it felt like he was always angling for a, a big job back in club football. I think Southgate is, is set for the next two tournaments at least. Yeah. But if, if England lose on Wednesday, I'll be tweeting two words, Southgate out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I say the, the, the odds um, at the moment, I say they have fluctuated slightly from yesterday's podcast. Um with Bet Bright uh, in 90 minutes, Croatia 5 to 2, England 11 to 8, the draw at 2 to 1, and to qualify for the final, Croatia at 13 to 10, England 13 to 8, odds on to make the World Cup final. We need to ask Bet Bright what scorecast would be. I'm, I'm fancying 3 0 with um, John Stone's first scorer. Johnson's first score. I, 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 a bit of value I'll, on that, I reckon. I, I, yeah, it's a centre half scoring anyway. But that, that's where England have been strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's where it's. So Walker's turn. Yeah. Oh, no, I wouldn't go that far. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this, right, well, he's just not quite as big as the, the others, is he? Um, <laughs> Harry Maguire's won every header, I think, that has possibly been near him. Uh, anyway, but listen, guys, that'll do us uh, for today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow on the Mirror Football Podcast in association with Bet Bright, looking back at the France and Belgium game because we'll know one of the teams in the World Cup final by then. Uh, but yeah, un- until then, until 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 tomorrow, enjoy the football. We'll see you then. How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out.